0: Trust is key in any relationship, but when it comes to your money, you need to be sure the person offering advice is 100% reliable. The relationship between the UAE financial advisory sector and resident investors has been dented in recent years due to the mis-selling of expensive savings, investment, and life insurance products. A number of regulatory changes rolled out last year aim to reduce the risk of mis-selling, The Commission is now capped on new policies and financial advisors must include a mandatory 30-day free look period that allows customers to cancel it without charge within the first month. Advisors are also now required to provide a benefit illustration to customers before the policy commences and a policy statement every six months. But what more could be done to ensure residents fully trust financial advisors in the Emirates once again? Welcome to Pocketful of Dirhams, I'm Alice Hain and joining me today is William Tomei, Senior Regional Head for the MENA Region at the CFA Institute, who will share his insights on how trust can be boosted in the region once again. Before I start, please subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams to receive the latest episodes. Welcome to the show, William.
1: Thank you, Alice. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Financial advice has been a contentious issue in the UAE in recent years because of the number of people that were missold products in the past. It was it was a big topic that we wrote a lot about. As a global association of investment professionals, can you explain to me why trust is so important for this industry?
1: For us, we consider that nothing could be done in commerce before finance and business. Nothing could be done without trust. It's the fuel of finance. And we continue the sentence by saying finance has to have a purpose. It doesn't exist just for itself. It exists to serve a purpose, to serve a project. And I'm sure we'll have the, the opportunity to, to say more about the purpose. But trust is the currency uh, that makes finance work. Without that trust, there's no fuel and the organization will not work.
0: So can you tell me a little bit about the work the CFA Institute does and how that might help to repair any lost trust in the industry?
1: So let me start with our mission. Our mission is to lead the investment profession globally by promoting the highest standards of ethics, education and professional excellence for the ultimate benefit of society. So when you ask people to be professional, you ask them to have a code of ethics. You ask them to have professional learning year after year, and you ask them to sign every year to commit to the best practices in the markets and to put their clients first. We don't encourage our members to put anyone else before their clients. So they're there to serve their clients. And we do this, as I mentioned in our mission, by making sure our education is up to speed with the needs of the profession. But we make sure that we don't have the smartest person in the room. We have the most ethical person in the room signing year after year to commit to put their clients first so it's not education it's ethical behavior plus professional excellence plus a code of conduct that we are proud to share with other professions uh, around us
0: if we look at the uae specifically again now the cfa institute does work with financial advisors some advisors do their education through your institute and that doesn't apply to everyone but why do you think that trust was eroded in the UAE in the past in terms of financial advisory services?
1: I think we're paying the price here for some uh, famous scandals that happened in our part of the world, unfortunately. We're not the only part of the world having those financial scandals, but people in this part of the world do have a good memory and they feel scared to go back to the financial markets because they've seen others uh, losing part of their capital in in, in few names uh, that were domiciled in this part of the world, unfortunately. So I keep on telling people around me trust needs decades to be built, not just years, and can be wiped out by a few seconds and by an article in the newspaper telling you about the scandals that, that happen in, in this part of the world, unfortunately.
0: And how, I mean, obviously, because of those scandals, I mean, the National wrote, we wrote a lot of stories about it and we wrote about how people had lost out and also the, some of the players and what they had done. So, how have regulatory changes that really came into force last year, but they've been talked about for quite a number of years, how have they helped to soothe concerns over the ethics of financial advisors?
1: So, I landed in the region in 2008, and I can tell you that starting a business nowadays is especially in finance and financial advisory and selling investment products has become really more difficult uh, to establish. And this is thanks to the regulations that have been rebuffed year after year uh, based on best practices in Europe and in the US. But those scandals that I mentioned earlier really encouraged the regulators to speed up the process recently and and make the rules very difficult uh, to be breached. Now, There's no perfect world, even in the US, where the SEC is doing a great job in terms of regulation. Still Madoff happened, still big banks failed and and wiped out lots of wealth. So regulation is becoming really uh, very sophisticated in our part of the world, but on its own, it's not enough. I think we need to insist more on education. The investor, the end investor has to inform themselves about investment solutions, financial planning, and not just accept the fact that someone who looks smart, who has a certain degree, would be serving their interests better than uh, someone who commits on putting their interests first.
0: So, you, in a way, you're saying that the, the the investor needs to make sure that they're educated as well, that they have the, they've done their research before they just blindly trust something, because that's something that's been a big problem here. I think in the past, People would think, well, I'll just get the financial advisor to sort it out. And and what was happening, unfortunately, was that in some people's cases, those advisors weren't operating in their best interests.
1: You know, before we visit any surgeon or any doctor and let them operate on our bodies, we do do some background check and ask if their patients are happy with their services. Why don't we do the same with financial advisors? Why don't we ask for independent opinion? I think it's very difficult to trust someone when you know that they are paid to sell you something. I think you should pay someone who is advising you without any ties, without any paid fees, first of all, to advise you on your best, the best portfolio approach for your wealth, first of all. And then the investment solution will be the last chapter you discuss with that trusted advisor if you found your trusted advisor.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's a method that I use. I have a financial advisor who I speak to and I just say, I've got this. I want to do this. What's the best place to put it? It's not in that advisor's interest to, to recommend a particular product because they don't get any kickback from it. It's purely that this is what I'm looking at. Which of these is most suited to me? And it's a very small fee and I pay it on an annual basis. But it, it just means I can trust that person because they're not. there's no financial gain to be made from them giving me that advice. So, do you think that the regulatory changes in the UAE went far enough? I mean, could could they go be be stronger, or as you say, it's more about empowering the consumer?
1: I think it's more about empowering the consumer. Now it's about time to empower the consumer to declare financial planning as a real job, as a real mission, as a real, real profession. Actually, you as a professional, if you need a lawyer, you would pay fees for the lawyer to advise you in the best way possible. Uh, if you need God forbids a surgeon or a doctor to operate on you. You make sure you pay the right doctor to get the right uh, service later on. Why don't you pay someone to give you the right advice, full stop, and plan your wealth? We, we can't just like buy something because we've been promised a return. What about risk? What about liquidity? What about tax? What about regulation? What about um, time frame that you give that investment? Uh, so if, if you tackled all of those, is this investment gonna help increase or decrease the risk of your overall portfolio. So I'm asking people to take a holistic approach with a professional who has time and the right technology. We're gonna talk about technology I'm sure later on, but the right time and technology and knowledge and experience to sit down and put their interest first and calculate how much they need to put on the to invest on a monthly, maybe basis or quarterly basis or a yearly basis to get to a project, which is sending the kids to universities, some expensive maybe business schools later on, to have a decent retirement. Some financial planners to talk about uh, the risk of having longer lives and not covered by any uh, pension fund or any uh, public pension solution. What about living more than your wealth? What do you do with that? So I'm asking for a more scientific approach based on knowledge and experience. And a real profession, financial planning is a real profession in the U.S. and in Europe, and it should happen in our part of the world.
0: So for someone who wants that type of advice and perhaps, I mean, there are some people, I think, in the Emirates who are supplying that. And there's there's the kind of chosen few that I would possibly recommend to, to people who sometimes ask me. But I mean, what questions should people ask? Because, you know, in the past, people would say, oh, this guy is really great. And it turned out that that guy wasn't really great. So it's you can't just go on your friend's recommendation. What questions should people be asking? Let's say they are going to speak to a financial advisor. What should they be asking? Should they be asking about qualifications? Should they be asking about what their investment strategy is? What what are those key questions that should be asked?
1: I think we should start with the ugly truth. (laughs) How many years of experience do you have in this field? How do you get compensated? You want to know that your financial planner or trusted advisor is really well-paid, giving you that best advice. Otherwise, they'll be chasing the fund managers to give them some kickback fees, et cetera, if it's still possible under the new regulation. But you need to ask them about the risks. Uh, how, do, how do they have a scientific approach around profiling you towards risk? Because we really know risk once we have an accident. We don't have any clear idea about the risks we're taking, the risks we are taking before an accident happens, before the Madoff thing, before the big 2008 crisis etc. etc. So we have real examples of high volatility uh, that we need to become to become very familiar with. So we need to discuss the ugly truth with our advisors before we discuss return and promised return on investments and dividends and etc. So we ask yeah we we need to know if they have the right credentials, if they had enough f- of years of experience to to prove that they just not have only the knowledge but the experience in very volatile markets and advising clients throughout those volatile markets. They need to ask us also tough questions, realities that we keep for ourselves normally. I think the best way to measure the relationship between you and your financial advisor is if you feel more comfortable to talk to them than to your own family members about worries, financial worries, but also future uh, planning of your wealth. This is how you you can measure if if it's a real trusted advisor that you're partnering with or just a broker of financial opportunities.
0: And, and if it is someone that is perhaps, you know, has a product that says, oh, you should you should invest into that. There should be questions around how much that product would cost. I mean, you need to find out if there's a lock-in period, exit penalties, what the fees are. You need to know how much that investment's going to cost you, don't you? You need to have it really clearly laid out.
1: So many times uh, you see the front page and the, nobody takes you to the footnotes. In the footnotes, you will see that there's a total expense ratio. We need to be familiar with that. If it's a big one, most probably there are, there's room for kickback fees. So your trusted advisor, again, your trusted advisor should be able to tell you, this is how much I'm paid by the asset manager in case you select this solution under a more holistic approach of financial planning and portfolio construction exercise. Uh, there's, there's, no, there's no shame of telling someone, should you select this solution that's suitable for your portfolio, Uh, less correlated with the existing investments you have and increasing your expected return, there's no shame in saying, and I'm going to get 50 basis points or 20 basis points on that solution. You should be open and transparent with your clients as much as they are open and transparent with you, giving you their wealth and the hard years of works and savings.
0: But at the same time, you know, you're talking about having someone that you can talk to, you know that you can really trust. The problem in the past was that some of the people who who weren't operating in their clients' best interests were very approachable, were very open, uh, and yet they, you know, people still were taken advantage of. So it's more than that. I think you need to be pretty proactive as well as trying to find out recommendations. Perhaps Google the company. You know, how what, what kind of reviews is this company getting online? I would Google it with the word complaints just to see if there's any complaints involved. Really do the homework. Would you not agree?
1: Absolutely. I just said it's years and decades of hard work that you've been saving. Never, ever close your eyes and consider your advisors going to do it all on, on their own. They're a human being. They, there's a limit of what how much, how much they can do. Financial statements are now made very easy to be read, as you mentioned. Uh, uh, reading lots of newspapers, leading lots of going yourself and self-educating uh, on, on, online. We have a, a, a degree that's free of charge called Investment Foundations. It will give you the, the basic knowledge in finance within 90 hours of study and uh, uh, an assessment online. This will give you the basics. And with those basics, you can have a nice conversation with your advisor and sometimes attract them to some details they might not have seen. Because again, they're human beings. They can't do everything on their own
0: now you make a very important point there which is that a lot of people now choose to invest on their own they actually completely use their own advice um they they turn to investment groups and and then invest on their own through brokerages what could the financial services sector do to perhaps lure those kinds of people back those people who've turned their back on advice and saying look I'm I'm going to do it myself i mean i'm one of those people i've been doing it myself for a long time but i have now realized that there is worth in having that that sort of individual who can just point me in the direction of something that I perhaps wasn't aware of. But you've both got to come to the table with something. You've both got to come to the table with some knowledge. Would you, is that a good way of looking at it?
1: Well, I used uh, an example in the past when I was in the shoes of some financial advisors. Uh, I was working with a national management company advising financial advisors to use uh, our solutions at that time. And I always use the example of driving yourself to work or using the bus or using public transportation. Of course, public transportation Might look like sluggish, slow, but the ticket is very low. And this is where you choose a vehicle to invest in, like the bus or a fund to go to work, or use your own car and take your own risks and pay your own insurance. And if there's an accident, you're on your own. There's no replacement bus, et cetera, et cetera. So, of course, it's more exciting to be on your own. But at the end of the day, I sometimes advise people to take a small portion of their wealth and play with it online, enjoy their own reading financial statements, their own uh, going maybe to general assemblies, et cetera, et cetera, take all the risks on their own and then compare it to something that's more professional. I think if we are more professional, if we show how much ethical we are as uh, professionals, how much scientific we are about our approach, then we will inspire them to go back to the industry and use the industry That has a purpose, as I mentioned earlier in our our conversation. If finance has a purpose and it's in the hands of professionals who are scientific about it, transparent about all the fees they are taking to be these professionals and to be continuing their learning throughout all their careers, then we might inspire those individuals back. But I never tell anyone not to do that on their own because they need to see it to believe it.
0: Because, you know, we have a memory in the UAE, we do remember those bad days, those, those scandals. So, with a lot more people now going it alone, they're doing their own re- research, perhaps they're turning to low-cost investment solutions such as robo-advisors, which are becoming more commonplace in the Emirates now. I mean, is there a risk that the glory days of the UAE's financial advisory sector, is, you know, is that over?
1: I don't think so. And let me put it in in, in a more global condition. Um, We we see it globally. People really asking, is is this business gone now that robots are here and they're doing that? Um, we We did our own study with the future of finance and the investment professional of the future. We insisted a lot about educating yourself, keeping yourself very tech savvy and fintech savvy so that you can serve better clients. And I mentioned there's a limited amount of information you can process and limited amount of time in a day you can dedicate to your clients and to your own uh, learning. So data science and, and robots are here to help you process the information, get access to the information quickly, and speed up your day so then you can dedicate more time to your clients. So on the contrary, I don't think it's going to be artificial, artificial intelligence on its own. In this specific business, it's going to be artificial intelligence plus human intelligence plus social intelligence. Um, I personally need a financial advisor to talk to because sometimes on my own, I can get my own financial biases and, and behavioral biases. And I encourage people to read about behavioral finance. It's a Nobel Prize winning uh, science. We need to know about our biases and someone whose objective we paid to advise us, like the lawyer, like the engineer to build the house, like the surgeon to operate on us. We need that scientific professional advice in our wealth management. It's too much to be lost when you spend years of saving for the future, uh, for your future financial plans. Don't waste those within just a robot that sometimes doesn't push you to say what you normally don't tell your own family or your own partner. I think human beings have this talent of social intelligence to make us go to the next level of the conversation where you really say, these are my worries, these are my financial uh, objectives, please help me get there. And And I'm conscious of all the risks I'm taking by selecting the following investment solutions.
0: But at the same time, you also carried out a study looking at the investment landscape one year on from the start of COVID. And your report found that 53% of respondents are still worried about the risk of unethical actions by investment and financial pro- uh, professionals you know, against the interest of investors. So it's still an issue. It's still, it's still lingering, that problem.
1: It's an issue and it's an opportunity um, because someone who wants really to be prof- very professional, and commits to the highest highest standards can really meet with the unhappy investors and show them how they are uh, scientific and ethical about their approach and get these people back to the industry. Again, I, I keep on saying we need ourselves and the professionals of this world, we need to give finance a purpose. You are not a financial advisor because you want to drive an expensive car and live in an expensive villa and have a short career and then go and live on an island. You are a banker, you are an asset manager, you are a wealth advisor and a wealth planning professional because you want to make a good living but also because your clients are doing good financial results in a managed risk approach. So it's a win-win situation. That's why I encourage everyone to have a clear look at how my financial advisor is doing. How is he rewarded? What is his track record of managing? They all have track records. If someone tells you they don't have a track record, walk away. If someone is cold calling you, walk away. Finance is a real profession. We need only professions who behave like lawyers and engineers and doctors to take care of our wealth. Nothing less, no less standards.
0: And there are some players now in the Emirates that are like that. And and I do believe that, you know, that there's hope going forward. What can be done in the UAE to help build trust further then?
1: I think we need to invest more in education. We need to make education in finance free of charge. Uh, we started it. Why don't you take our investment foundations program and make it available? We're translating it into Arabic. It's almost done. Let's make it available for the man on the street. Education and finance shouldn't be something exceptional or something for the elite. It should be made available for everyone. It's not so complicated. Maybe when you start dealing with with numbers, you need some help and support. But now, robot advisors can support on that with the financial with the sorry with the technical part. But Financial literacy is the starting point to gain trust again, because we're talking the same language. I understand all this jargon you're telling me. Oh, if I don't understand it, well, as a trusted advisor, you should explain it to me. And I always say to people, the rule of thumb, if it gets complicated, stop the conversation, ask for more plain English explanations. If you don't get those, excuse yourself and walk away. Finance should not be too sophisticated, too complicated to understand for the end user. And Maybe asset managers and a- a wealth managers should should educate their clients and should pay for independent uh, financial education and financial history for their clients. So I think we need to invest more in education. We need to make it free of charge so that we encourage the masses to to, to subscribe to it. We need to give uh, we need to praise. We need to give good good rewards for people who are doing a good a good profession, as you mentioned earlier. And we need to chase the bad users. We need to, to chase the People who come to this part of the world do not register their company, do not register their funds, do not have a license to advise. Ask for your advisors. Do they have a license? Do I, who, who's the regulator, etc. before you give them hard years of, of hard work and savings?
0: Good questions. And and with the world now emerging from COVID-19, you know, we've all been hit in some way or another. What risks should investors think about now? What, and what about regulators? What should they be thinking about now?
1: So, Lots of people are now doing the hybrid uh, model of working from home also and and in the office. Uh, So less meetings maybe now and less face-to-face meetings. Um, uh, What regulators should do, they need to make sure that corporate governance is still respected on those companies because if you're not going to general assemblies and you're just dialing in, maybe you're not getting the same experience. So regulators should make sure that companies are spending enough time on corporate governance, make, make sure that this new hybrid model of work doesn't get us to lower standards on the country to better standards. Uh, financial advisors in UAE are now meeting with their clients. Uh, I've seen a uh, few of them this morning in the IFC. They're active, they're seeing clients and they're giving the clients the, the, the opportunity to do it from home, remotely or in, in person. Uh, so regulators have to pay attention. Uh, are these advisors meeting enough uh, clients, giving enough time for their clients uh, there's, there are no excuses. Working from home or or the normal, uh, if we go back to some normalcy, there should be no excuses for respecting the regulation. And we've seen the regulator being very active, even though we've, we're in a remote world since uh, a year and a half now.
0: The trust is back. Can we say that?
1: Not yet. We need to work on it every time we meet a client with showing them how ethical we are, transparent we are, and professional. And if your financial advisor did not study anything for the last 18 months, that's a question you should ask them. Why, if you had more time on your own, saying saying at home, you did not learn a new skill like data science or alternative investments or something else you never had time to to study? Uh, If my doctor is not studying anymore, I should worry about my health. If my financial advisor is not studying continuously, I should worry about my wealth.
0: So finally, for our listeners, what are the top three things that they should consider if they want to employ the services of a financial advisor today? What should they be thinking about?
1: The level of experience of your financial advisor, ask for track records, continuing professional learning, how many hours per year your financial advisor is doing so, and how much time your financial advisor has for you to bring you up to speed, to explain things to you, to study your future plans and make sure you have enough knowledge, enough uh, grasp of the risk you're taking before we talk return uh, ask them about all the parameters and the third important thing is transparency on fees how do you make your living
0: thank you this week to william tome if you would like advice on your personal finance issues you can write to me on pf at ae. and remember that's pf for personal finance please do subscribe to the podcast in your podcasting app to receive weekly updates And also leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison. I've been your host, Alice Hain.